0: This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now, here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, don't know if you can tell I'm a little nasally nosy here fighting off a cold you know here it is the week after all the masks come off i'm sick as a dog healthy as could be for two years while me and my family were all social distancing and quarantining and masking and you take the masks off for one week bang <laughs> i think that's because we all started exchanging the germs that we hadn't exchanged for two years uh i'll let the doctors weigh in on that but uh, many of my doctor friends agree and they're kind of chuckling to themselves They expect to be very, very busy in the next couple of weeks. Uh, In any case, hope you are well. Hope you are healthy where you are. And instead of the usual mumbo jumbo from me right up front, let's get right on to talking to our guest. She's a terrific one. Amy Rosenberg is founder and president of Veracity, a PR firm based in Portland, Oregon, established in 2008. Uh, She specializes in B2B SEO and e-commerce related PR, along with spearheading corporate responsibility initiatives. Amy created her own podcast, PR Talk, sponsored by the Public Relations Society of America of Oregon in 2017. She's hosted more than 100 episodes that PR people can learn more about the craft Her first book, A Modern Guide to Public Relations, was released in 2021 as a companion resource to the podcast with a video series to further explain the content of the book. Amy, welcome to the PR podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Elephant in the room, we both have podcasts about PR. Why did you start yours?
1: Oh, good question. So I actually started mine, like everything, more as a training purpose. So actually my book is also kind of like a training manual for my staff. Um, But I realized when I had my first employee, I just, talk, 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 talk all day, which is probably annoying and overdoing it. And then I thought, oh, maybe we could record this and repurpose the content. So the podcast started with me, you know, talking with my employee about specific PR, you know, tactics or principles. And then I thought, well, this is really boring to just listen to me. So I um, said, well, let's interview the source and the source is the media. Right. So I thought, okay, we're going to interview the media. That's great. And everything. I probably did that for one to two years and no offense to the media, but it kind of started to get redundant. You know, the answers are the kind of the same. And so I thought, well, let's interview thought leaders. And so now we don't just focus on PR. We're talking about everything with marketing. And as you know, PR is also, you know, a huge kind of maybe overtaking marketing as a whole, I might say.
0: I absolutely agree with you. And it's not to knock our brothers and sisters in marketing, but my phone has been ringing off the hook with new business inquiries. And we're we're connecting on a lot of new business. People are really interested in 2022 in PR specifically, and more so than marketing, it seems to me. You agree?
1: Well, I would agree. But then there's also things you can do with PR that kind of Trickle into the other marketing areas, and I guess we could talk about that. You know, you one thing you wanted to talk about was SEO, PR, and go for it. Okay, so I just I uh, thought I would give you a second to make sure you want to talk about that. So SEO PR, that is, you know, everybody knows what SEO is. That's getting you higher on the page of Google, right? And how do you do that? Well, a lot of people know that we need to garner links, right? Okay. So let's get some links. Hmm. Well, where are the most important links, right? Not all links are created equal, meaning some have higher weight than others. So we have found that the press has higher links, higher domain authority is what rates the the, uh, websites. So inherently as PR people, we are doing SEO because if we're doing online PR, we're driving links back to the website and we're driving our client's search Engine higher, um, and so essentially, I kind of used to say that p that SEO people were actually PR people as well because they were just kind of doing a different form of PR, whether it's link building, um, which is kind of like pitching or you know, thinking about keywords that they're thinking about. That's for us kind of like thinking about our talking points or key messages. So it all kind of goes in at the same. And so now I'm seeing we're getting a lot of um, leads from our SEO friends that really look to us to drive organic links. Um, and so you could say that PR is actually organic SEO.
0: That's a great perspective and, and agree with you that um, news links, or I should say links in news stories, right, are kind of the holy grail of SEO. Uh, my phrase, not, not theirs, um, but because it ranks so much higher in Google, because it's in a, uh, a confirmed and authoritative third-party source, as opposed to someone's website who intentionally put it there or something like that. But I've found it to be challenging to get some sometimes to get links to get backlinks to the client's website to whatever on or or in a, a legit news article. Do you have tactics that you use to try to get those links into news articles with your clients?
1: Okay. Very good question. I can say a lot about this. The good news and the most important thing to say is that is changing. So Google is always changing what is important. And so we don't always need links anymore as SEOs and as PR people. So I don't trust anyone. Right. So, but, you know, my business partner tells me this, it's like, I'm like, really? Cause that sounds too easy. Cause he'll, he'll say, well, mentions, you know, in online for like a client brand name or whatever, is good. And I'm like, no, it's not. I needed black and white. Yes or no. I need the link. Right. So I went and did my own research with interviewing people on my podcast, including Rand Fishkin, who was the founder of Moz, which created the whole domain authority thing, which rates websites. And uh, Michael Cottom, who's a very well-known SEO expert. And they both said, it's okay not to have a link, which is really good news for PR. And I can talk about getting the link, right? Like people still say, yes, we want the link. And actually, you know, they make it harder on us and say, well, if you can get both, then that's great. It's like, okay, thanks for making it harder. But, you know, so I can talk about how to get the link, but apparently it's not as important. And, but honestly, some of these SEO clients we've had, I'll just say, they are very focused on one thing, which is, link building, and they are very used to fast results and they have very high expectations. And so literally we have gotten fired for getting too much TV coverage. Let me just say that even though it was a consumer related company that sold online. So e-com, we were let go because of too much TV coverage that happened around their buying season. So this um, CEO was just so focused on links and it was like, okay, we've got some links, right? So I'm noticing that this kind of client has higher, we just need to do expectation management a little bit more.
0: Well, expectation management, definitely the name of the game, right? I mean, from the jump, uh, even when you're in the pitching process, you know, uh, sort of setting up that relationship is really, really important. But interesting what you said about about creating the links and how, did I hear you right? not necessarily important in news articles or did I misunderstand?
1: Well, no, you're correct. So it used to be important, now it's not as important. So like if you can get a brand mention or a keyword mention that doesn't link back to you, it's still good for Google. And there's reasons why, and the tech people have said why on the podcast or elsewhere, and if a client is asking for links now, I'm just gonna send them that podcast. Interview because I can't like we can go. I can go tell you how to maybe get some links, right? It's like, um, you can always just ask for the link if they don't add it, so just go back and ask, or you can be very diligent on your media list and include who gives links and who doesn't. But here's the thing I don't think the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or whatever includes links, so what you're not going to pitch them. No, if you have a brand mention in there, that is just as good, and so we're kind of done with the, I mean, I want, it's a good question, but I want PR people to shut down that, the conversation. And it's like, no, we are not worried about links anymore. It's just PR online.
0: Wow. That's, that's refreshing. I, I, uh, I am going to use that in my conversations with those particular clients, one or two that I can think of who are very interested in building those backlinks, because I agree with you. I mean, and, and I've, to use your analogy, I've never had to explain the value of a New York Times article to a client. <laughs> I mean, right, right, you know what that means. It means different things to different people, but but it's always the cream of the, right? It means the cream of the crop, like, wow, okay, we got that Times article. That doesn't keep them from asking two weeks later, when, when are we gonna be in the New York Times again? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but nevertheless, Um, so it's the, you find that it's the mentions more important to SEO than even the links. The links are sort of icing on the cake.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the mentions are not more important, but as important, I guess. I mean, and I don't dig into it too much. Um, these other people have for me and now I'm just kind of shutting down that conversation. It's just like, we're good. And especially with people that just want links that might not be a fit for PR anymore. Like I can't, we're not like sitting around paying for links. So that's another thing. These as A lot of the SEO people, like the clients are used to fast links because you could just in the past pay for them. And it's like, okay, well now Google doesn't really value that. So if that's how you want to go, maybe you can go do that yourself. But um, now we're doing real PR, which takes a while to ramp up. And, the, and once you have that momentum, you don't want let, to let that go. Um, so it's just kind of a different ball game now.
0: Got it. Got it. And we kind of blew right past this. Um, we we didn't define veracity PR. We didn't define what kinds of clients you work with and, and what you do for them.
1: Oh, okay. So we do mostly B2B um, and it is kind of mixed with traditional PR with everything from content, it leans heavily on content and um, social, of course, but um, because we, what we do is we kind of think with a PR mind and then use that to also build content. So we are, even though I'm saying, oh, SEO isn't, the most important thing or whatever, we all of our PR campaigns actually also have blog posts tied to them. Um, and instead of writing a press release, for example, we will write a blog post that is so full of stats and information that the press has to link to it. And I put the link, link in quotes like now, maybe it's not as important, but it is easier for them to just reference us as a source and link to us. And then that's great for SEO. So instead, we pitch out blog posts for our clients um, and even for B2B clients, um, getting SEO is very important too. So
0: we've talked about that on the podcast before with other guests about um... And, and in the pursuit of getting those links, that that is one very effective strategy, not asking, for example, a reporter to link to your homepage, but to link to a piece of content that adds value to their story. So for example, a blog post, an infographic, some kind of chart or statistics or study or white paper or something that advances their story, Um, And so what I'm hearing you say is put just as much, if not more energy into creating those as you would a traditional news release.
1: Oh, totally. And so, so our um, PR kind of timeline timelines, are it's like, we're we're doing traditional PR campaigns each month, but then we're tagging in content along with it. And we like to write the content for our clients because they won't understand how to write like a news person. So we write blogs kind of like how you would write a press release, like newsworthy. Right. (laughs) And so we do that. And then a lot of times we piggyback on to some trade show marketing for our clients. So, um, and a lot of that is more traditional where, you know, we're mapping out trade shows that our clients are attending and setting up press meetings for them, but then we're also supplying them with content around the trade show so that maybe just maybe they will show up in search about that trade show so that, like when their prospective customer is searching about the trade show they're attending, this client might show up in the search results as that well makes, as the trade
0: show. Makes a lot of sense. What kinds of, so so? what kinds of uh, campaigns are you creating for a B2C client that might differ? Uh, I'm sorry, for a B2B client that might differ from a B2C client? Are, are there different types of content and what works better in your mind? Um,
1: well, so the, I think that, The types of content don't necessarily change. I think it's the themes. So we can still, because um, I, so an example of, so for a B2B, we might just literally have stats or figures in our content, but for, let's say travel or food, we might have predictions. So they're more kind of wordy, you know, predictions that are in a bullet point format that we've literally done the research for that, you know, so that we're serving the role of, as the press, so that our blog post has predictions. And then of course you can add stats in there as well, but so there's that. And then it's, but it's also maybe how we go about reaching out to these, to the press. So I think a lot of our traditional B2B, um, contacts are not necessarily using as much social media, whereas B2C might be more on Twitter and whatnot. So I, I've just noticed our the, the trade press is kind of like they don't change a lot, meaning there's not a lot of turnover. And so it's not as necessary for them to be on, lo- on Twitter and, and whatnot. So we're just kind of noticing that depending on where you're working, you're changing h- how you communicate as well
0: let's talk a little bit too about you mentioned turnover or lack thereof uh, in that, in that industry, Um, the importance of relationships, building relationships and, and delivering uh, a consistent and reliable product to those reporters Do do reporters. You find um, once you've created that relationship, are they coming back to you for that type of content?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And, and it's a little easier once you have the relationship, but I think, The relationship always has to start cold. You know, you can't just go into something um, with a relationship, especially if you're at a firm that has a lot of different clients. So we're always starting cold and how we build the relationship is providing good stuff, whether it's a good pitch, good story idea, good content, not crap. And we're actually researching and not email blasting. That's the beginning of the relationship. And so ideally, we've done so much research that we have this pitch that we will know will get placed with maybe only five people, but it's the five targets that we need um, to move the needle for our client. So we've already started out in a relationship where we are actually really working together on a story versus this like, oh, I've known you for 15 years, so could you please just cover this?
0: <laughs> oh, that is the worst. I, I mean, I, there are plenty of reporters that you and I both know uh, or know independently, I should say that, that you know, you, you, I, I would never even presume to approach a reporter that way. Like, oh, could you just do this for me? Um, you know, you got, you got to come at, at a reporter with a respect, right? They're, they're doing their job here's something I think you would find interesting, that your audience would find interesting. Um, would you like to write this story? And and I I approach reporters who I've known for 20 years that way and reporters I've known for two minutes that way.
1: Yeah, and so I don't really think it's about relationships, actually. I think it's just about doing a good job and doing the same level of work, whether you've known someone for two seconds or two years. Um, and I think people can see that they can see the professionalism in you, and then they will want to keep working with you if you've done a good job in the beginning.
0: What do you think a B2C, I'm sorry, a to I keep going back and forth, ab to mm-hmm. B2B client needs to have a sort of a frame of mind before they engage with a PR person or a PR agency like yourself?
1: Good question. Um, Well, I think we're in it for the long haul, number one. So we can't um, expect super, super quick results. I mean, we could, but some of the work that we do for B2B is taking the time to like, look at their case studies and pitch byline articles about a specific case study or about a specific industry that they're going to work with. And that could take a two to three months to land but then once you've got that placement use it for sales i think that that's what they forget like they we do all this work we get all these placements but what's the point it's actually for their direct sales
0: <laughs> merchandising your stuff right and, and and i remind clients of that all the time that you know when you get a news hit that that triggers five other things that you need to be doing on your end. Yes, of course, it's on your social, but it should be on your website, on your news page. It should be in your e-newsletter if you have one or you're you know, sending out internally uh, to your employees, um, to, your, to your stakeholders. There's so much you can do with just that one piece of content. And that's after all the work goes into getting that hit. It's even easier to go back to what you said before. If you're writing a blog, you're creating the content yourself you know why shouldn't a blog that you create yourself live in all those places that that we just mentioned um it's it's really about programming your stakeholders would you agree
1: yes and also Interfusing, if that's a word, all of the departments in the marketing. So like having one theme per month or two, you know, one or two themes or one theme, and then you create multiple pieces off of that. And the blog is, is kind of like stems into elsewhere. So newsletters and whatnot. And then when you do get that press coverage off of that topic, I think what's really missing is it's an opportunity for the sales team to use the coverage as a follow-up to one of their leads.
0: Yeah, here's what we did. Wouldn't you like to be be with us, right?
1: Yeah, or it's like here. Here, this is a little bit about what we were talking about yesterday. Here's some more. Our CEOs giving more insight into the matter. Easy. That, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's great. So, where do you see all this going with with the B two C clients? Are are they are they marching in the right direction? And how do you help them?
1: With the B two B, you mean?
0: Sorry, I keep okay. doing it. See, I, I just want to make sure.
1: So, I mean, it depends on the industry. So honestly, yes and no. Um, frankly, B2B, that's so vague. So what really what we do is manufacturing and a lot of steel. <laughs> so a little random, but um, so, so yes and no. I mean, they are possibly following our lead, but uh, it's not very important for them in the industry to be notable on social media. So, you know, frankly, we'll have written social posts and our clients may or may not post them, you know, I'll just say that. So it's not super important for them. So they have to now understand that everything lives online. Now, I realize that their sales is kind of personal and over the phone or relationships, but uh, everybody's checking you out online. And so they are following our lead, doing, doing it, but it's also kind of a slow process let's just say
0: is there something that you say to encourage them along with that or how do you help them
1: um well one thing that i say which is kind of stupid i i I don't know why it sounds very self-serving but i say um like let's say you do some community relations or something good in the community did it even happen if you didn't share it on social media I mean, it's kind of a flip response, but I have clients that do so much, right? In the community, they pay for their staff to go to college. And we're talking like blue collar workers that want to progress. They're paying for their degrees, but they don't tell anyone about it. So it takes a really good PR person to kind of dig in and find out. These people that have worked in these industries for so long, they don't know that that's even a good thing, right? And so we need to tell people about it. And so, so I just think that that's an interesting phrase to use,
0: and I think that, too, that's a great point. it's It's an added benefit of bringing in a consultant, someone from the outside who can look at your organization with fresh eyes and say, "Wow, this is different. This is not normal. This is not what everyone else does." Um, you know, in addition to providing the service that they're actually, Hiring us for, whether it's PR or SEO or marketing or whatever, um, just having that fresh perspective on things and then hopefully listening to that fresh perspective um, can yield, you know, uh, untold benefits.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's always interesting to kind of say something like, oh, that's really cool that you're doing that. And the client's like, really? So I've noticed like, oh, I guess I'm a cheerleader sometimes to my client's detriment, because I think everything my client does is amazing. So sometimes I need to chill out a little bit or we need to chill out and just kind of look at things a little bit like negatively. Um, But in, in general, I think it's good. It makes them feel good.
0: I've sometimes said that, yes, we need to drink their Kool-Aid, but then we also need to be the food critic and, and critique the Kool-Aid.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Just in case, you never know.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Amy, this has been a great conversation. We're gonna segue now into our rapid fire question portion of the podcast. This is where we steal a page from, page from inside the actor Studio, ask our guests a couple of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two with your indulgence, Here we go. Rapid fire question number one. What is your favorite news source?
1: I'd say Huffington Post because there's a lot of women focused stuff.
0: Good stuff. We haven't heard that one. Rapid fire question number two. What is your favorite social media platform? Hmm. Instagram. Pictures?
1: Yeah, I just think it's more fun. and You know what? I follow people I like on Instagram now rather than Facebook where it was like I'm following everything. Right. It's just, I I can curate it more to my tastes.
0: I I have frequently said that I like Instagram and I follow all my friends just like you do. And I like the selfies. I like to see people I know. And I love like, yeah, give me selfies. Absolutely. I want to see what you're doing.
1: Well, yeah. And I also like very kind of thoughtful and um, inspiring thought leaders that are on and, and funny. So my favorite now is Girl Boss because it's funny. I like making fun of work. I don't need to take myself so seriously. So Girl Boss and PR Girl Manifesto, I think, is also funny. Good uh, ones. I, I might be saying that wrong, but no,
0: nope, definitely, definite good ones. All right. Rapid fire question number three: coffee or alcohol?
1: Coffee any day.
0: Very good. Rapid fire question number four. What is your favorite on-the-run food?
1: Oh God. <laughs> I guess a granola bar, even though I'm not I I don't feel like that's the best for me, but it it's easy and you know, maybe a banana, but you take those and they get all bruised. So
0: <laughs> you usually buy them all, they sit in the bowl for a week and and yeah, they're brown, exactly. you gotta make smoothies or something.
1: Yeah. Or they get hot in the car. It's like ew. Uh,
0: that's not a good no, that's not a good thing to come back to.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. A rapid fire question number five. What do you want to be after you finish this career? Oh.
1: Well, I've always dreamed of being like an author. I was going to belittle myself and say a real author because, you know, I did write a book, but so am I really an author though? No, but I would like, I don't know, maybe to write something that I, something interesting that not that PR isn't interesting, but something more interesting than PR.
0: (laughs) Fiction or nonfiction?
1: Oh, fiction, but I love um, historical fiction. So there might be, and that does give you a good, like jumping off point for creativity. So, so it could be a mix.
0: All right. We'll look for it. We'll look for it one day. Amy, this has been a great conversation. Please let people know how they can find you online.
1: Oh, shoot. You would ask me that. Um, well, my website is veracityagency.com. Um you can find me at Amy Winehouse Rosenberg on Instagram or Amy Rosenberg on LinkedIn. Very and good. And Amy Rosenberg on Twitter.
0: Sounds good. We will we will look you up. Amy, thanks again for taking the time to speak with us and thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The PR Podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Appelt. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at jodyfisherpr.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast.